Defining what exactly a salsa is can seem complicated. And I don't know, it might actually be complicated. But this complication, if any, comes from the fact that it seems like almost anything can be a salsa. That's because it can be. And growing up, salsa was pretty much one thing. An acidic tomato-based sauce with onion and spice that we dipped tortilla chips in. Now, salsa is made of almost anything. But the truth is that it always kind of was. Salsa just means sauce. Now, for our purposes, we're going to consider salsa a chunky, not pureed sauce, with three main elements. There will be some type of fruit, from tomato to mango. There will be acid, like citrus or vinegar, and there will be some type of spice. Today, we're going to take a look at the composition of a salsa. I'm going to give you a few specific recipes, but ideally, by the end of this post, you won't need them. The goal here is for you to finish this post confident that you can walk into your kitchen and make a salsa out of just about anything. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5, brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. And today, I'm going to tell you everything I know about salsa. To cook or not to cook. Now, there are two main types of salsa, cooked and not cooked, and the difference is pretty obvious. If you are unaware of how to tell the difference between a cooked salsa and an uncooked salsa, just open a jar of salsa and look inside. Every jar of salsa you've ever had, from Pace to Neal Brothers to Old El Paso to the stuff you bought at the local farmer's market, has been cooked. Cooked salsa has a much different flavor, texture, and appearance than uncooked salsa. Cooking takes away the sharpness of flavor. You, you lose the bite of the onion and the pop of flavor from the tomato and herbs. There are a few benefits to cooked salsa over uncooked ones. The obvious benefit is that you can can them. Even without canning, they tend to last much longer than their fresh cousins. But the real benefit comes from the flavor. Cooking does take away the sharpness and brightness, but it also helps develop depth, richness, and character. Cooked salsa tends to have a much fuller flavor than fresh ones, and that's really the big difference. Now, fresh salsas, if I'm making tacos, nine times out of ten, I'm going to be making a fresh salsa to go along with them. In fact, at home, I rarely ever, um, if at all, make cooked salsas. The reasons for the are the reason, uh, excuse me. There are reasons for this. Fresh salsa is really quick to put together. In a few minutes of chopping and mixing, I have a delicious fresh salsa to complement whatever taco I've made, and not just tacos, burritos and burrito bowls, grain bowls, and uh, even just nachos or any number of other things. Fresh salsa has a fresh flavor. Obvious, I know, but this is the thing that I love about fresh salsa, that big hit of freshness. It doesn't matter what type of Mexican-influenced food you are having, a fresh salsa can complement it. Okay, we've talked about cooked salsas and fresh salsas. Now let's take a look at the building blocks of a salsa, cooked or not. Now, like I said in the intro to this post, salsa has three main components, fruit, or the main ingredient, acid, and spice. Let's take a look at these three elements individually. And actually, before we do that, let's take a look at the supporting ingredients. So generally, other than the alternating ingredients like the fruit, acid, and spice, salsas are pretty much all the same, cooked or not. They almost always have onion and cilantro. Garlic is often added. Sometimes parsley, oregano, or ground cumin may be included as well. It's not uncommon to add tertiary ingredients like black beans or bell peppers as well. Um, but we aren't really going to get into that today. If you start with a base of just chopped onion and cilantro, you can't really go wrong. Just add some chopped fruit, a bit of acid, and a touch of spice, and you're all set. Fruit. Now, I know a lot of people don't consider tomato a fruit, but it is. And I think it's fair to say that most people would consider tomato the most common salsa base. 
and it likely is. However, one of the beautiful things about salsa is its versatility. It doesn't have to be made of or even contain tomatoes. Using the starting point of a finely chopped onion and cilantro, I have made salsa from pineapple, mango, peaches, individual citrus fruits, or a mixture of a few different ones, apple, pear, cranberry, even melon, and of course tomato. The key is to chop everything up nice and fine. Acid. Just like tomato is the most typical fruit used uh, to make a salsa, lime juice is the most typical acid. Why? Because it commonly grows in Mexico and South America where salsas come from. It has that quintessential salsa flavor. Now, having said that, it isn't the only acid available. Any kind of citrus juice can do the job, as can any kind of vinegar. And really, it just comes down to pairing the acid to the main ingredient in the salsa and the main item the salsa is being paired with. When in doubt, just use lime juice. The acid has two main purposes, the first of which is flavor. The acid not only adds its own element to the overall flavor of the salsa, but it also makes all the other flavors pop, meaning it creates more vibrance. The second purpose of the acid is to break down the main ingredient and draw liquid out to create a, a kind of sauce for the sauce. There is a third purpose specific to canning salsa. The acid lowers the pH level, making salsa safe to can but you only have to worry about this if you're sealing it in jars. Spice. A salsa without a bit of spice or heat is no salsa at all. It doesn't have to burn your face off, but that element is important. It, this is especially true when using a sweet fruit as the base. The heat has a balancing effect. The type of chili you use will determine how hot the salsa will be. The chili also adds its own unique flavor to the salsa. Jalapeno is always a good bet. But for a more mild flavor, remove the seeds and white ribs from the jalapeno and only chop up the actual pepper part. You can use any other type of chili you can imagine. Habanero, serrano, or poblanos, which aren't too spicy, are commonly used in salsas as well. Um, so uh, are uh, chipotles, though chipotle is just a smoked uh, jalapeno in adobe sauce. Adobo sauce, excuse me. Choosing the right salsa. So the things that we put salsa on are generally either fairly neutral in flavor or very strong in flavor. This means that we are either looking to impart flavor or complement flavor. Imparting flavor. If we're trying to impart flavor, we want a very strongly flavored salsa with a lot of depth. This is where cooked salsa comes in very handy. Having said that, a bold, fresh salsa can do this job just as well. Use a strong main ingredient in your salsa like cooked tomato or pineapple and complement that with some strong background flavors like cumin and extra cilantro. Even add a bit of extra heat to use or use strongly flavored chili like chipotle. Complementing flavor. If you have a dish that on its own has a, uh, is very flavorful, a strong salsa can muddy the flavors and distract from them. For this purpose, you want to back off on the punch from the salsa. Use more mild ingredients like mango or fresh tomato. Use very little cumin, if any. A milder chili like poblano or jalapeno is probably better suited to this job. When I'm thinking about the type of salsa I'm going to make, it always starts with the dish it's going to be served with. I always try to think of it as an additional ingredient to the overall composition rather than its own thing. And what I mean is that I use the salsa to fill the gaps in the flavor of the final dish. So if I slow roast some pork to make tacos and I've made a rub with four different types of chili and the pork is really spicy, I don't need or want to add a lot of heat to the salsa. 
Instead, I want something that is going to balance or even cut through that heat. What does that? Sweet and acid. So in this case, make a salsa that is more sweet and acidic than it is spicy. The reverse is true as well. If I make a dish that completely lacks spice, I make a spicy salsa. The salsa fills in the gaps and smooths out the final dish. Conclusion. Salsa can be a really terrific condiment, and honestly, if done well, it can make a whole dish. As we've seen, it can be used in a variety of ways and made from a variety of ingredients. And it not only goes well on tacos, but a nice grilled peach or mango salsa can be a great addition uh, to a pork chop or a haddock fillet too. The key to making salsa is to not overcomplicate it. It shouldn't have more than five or six ingredients. Start with a good base and taste continuously as you make it and you can't go wrong. There are a bunch of different salsa r recipes published throughout my Facebook and Instagram pages. And if you ask me, I will happily hunt them down and share them with you. But it's my hope that you can now confidently make a basic salsa without a recipe. Now, uh, Bon Appetit has a list of like 17 summer salsas and they all look really good so you can check that out and if you come to howtonotburnshit.com there's a link um, to Bon Appetit. Now really quickly I want to say something about cilantro. Now I know that some people reading this are thinking ah cilantro gross I hate it but here's the thing you are really missing out. For a very long time I hated cilantro. It always tasted like soap to me. Then slowly I started eating it and over time that soap taste went away and I absolutely fell in love with it. Now I use more cilantro at home than any other herb. So if you have cilantro, if you hate cilantro, do yourself a favor and try it. Not once or twice, but over the course of a few months, try it multiple times. And I know that seems like a headache and why would you do that, but there is a reason. Just start with small amounts, and once that's tolerable, add more. If you put in this effort and this struggle, you will find something that you've been missing forever. I promise you, you will fall in love with it. The same is true for spice. Start small and work your way up. There is nothing like the euphoric feeling you get from eating something really spicy. It's incredible. And uh, ironically, nothing complements spice, like cilantro. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5, brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. You can like, subscribe, rate, share, and comment on this podcast. Uh, and uh, you can read the written version of this podcast on HowToNotBurnShit.com. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. This is an extra late and extra long episode of How To Not Burn Shit, and I apologize for that, but I think... There was a lot of good information in here. I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. I will be back on Monday, and we will be talking. Uh, Monday is 30 minutes or less days, and we're going to be making grilled cheese with homemade tomato basil soup. I'm really looking forward to that because I've been craving that for a while. So I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you back here Monday morning. Talk to you soon.